2,000 years from, uh, from the first, uh, from when Genesis was written uh, to uh, Malachi, where we're at today. And Malachi has a number of words that he's going to share with some folks. So if you'd like to follow along with your Pew Bible, you can do that. We're going to be moving uh, from page 777 through 779. Let's look at the first one, Malachi 1, 6. A son honors his father and servants their master. If then, if then I am a father, where is the honor due me? And if I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord of hosts, to you, O priests? Who's he talking to? The priests. He's talking to people like me, all right, who despise my name. Now we're going to move forward here to, uh, to Malachi, and we're going to go to chapter 2, verse 17. You have wearied the Lord with your words, yet you say, How have we wearied Him? By saying, All who do evil are good in the sight of the Lord, and He delights in them, or asking, Where is the God of justice? Now on to the next one. We're on to Malachi 3, beginning at 8. Will anyone rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house, and thus put me to the test. you understand this is the only place in the Bible where, where God says, if you'll give your tithe, you put me to the test. You try me. And I'll show you what's going to happen. And thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. And now on to uh, Malachi, where are we at? 3.13. You have spoken harsh words against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, how have we spoken against you? You have said it is vain to serve the Lord. What do we profit by keeping His command? What do we profit by living a good holy life? Or by going about as mourners before the Lord of hosts? Now we count the arrogant happy. In other words, the rich, they must really, they, they must really have the right life. And evildoers not only prosper, but when they put God to the test, God must just let them go and let them escape. On now to uh, verse 16. Then those who revered the Lord... Now he's talking to somebody else here. To those who revered the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord took note and listened. And a book of remembrance was written. The book of life. Was written before him of those who revered the Lord and thought on his name. If your name is in the book of life, you go on to heaven. If it's not, you don't. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, my special possession on the day when I act, and I will spare them as parents spare their children who serve them. Then once more you shall see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve Him. Now we're going to move on to a prophecy by Malachi that has yet to come. See, the day is coming, burning like an oven, 
when all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be stubble. The day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness shall shall rise with healing in its wings. And now the testimony of the, the prophecy of the return of Elijah. Lo, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day the Lord comes. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Join me in prayer. Father, open our eyes, ears, hearts, and minds to the transforming power of your word. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, may we all be changed because of our encounter with it. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Today we look at the final chapter in the story on the book of the Old Testament. We started all of these ancient words clear back in September. Clear back in September. It was warmer back then. Uh, And we started out with the Garden of Eden and the fall. Then we heard that great promise to Abraham that through one of his descendants, the world would be blessed. So from the first writing of Genesis, we have moved through 1,600 years of writer history. And now we're about 400 years before Jesus Christ. We've explored the ancient words that were written over this entire period of 2,000 years. We've seen God choosing a people to be the light of the world who later went into slavery. Then He pulled them out and delivered them from slavery. Then He sent them into the desert so they could grow strong and strong enough so that they could go in and and take possession of the promised land. And then they grew weak and had the promised land taken away. We have seen the Jewish nation at its strongest when it was the most wealthy and the most powerful nation in the entire world. And we have seen when every single Jew was ripped away from the promised land and were just literally days away from every single one of them being slaughtered and removed from the face of the earth. In these ancient words, we have heard love stories. Stories of betrayal. Stories of wonderful transformation. Stories of the miraculous impact. Listen to this. Stories of the miraculous impact that one everyday person can have that changes all of history. We've seen strong followers of God. We've seen some really despicable, evil people. We've seen God's hand moving in a powerful way to keep things on track, and we have seen Satan trying to thwart it every step of the way. And all the while, we continue to see God's work to bring about His promise to Abraham and the coming of the Messiah. So let's take a look at chapter 21 in the story and explore this a little bit. Let me set the stage for about chapter 21. Here's what's happened. 
The, the people that were exiled after Israel was conquered have returned to Jerusalem. The first group of about 50,000 returned from Babylon under Zerubbabel, and they rebuilt the temple. The second group returned under Ezra, the priest, and they had forgotten the Hebrew language. They had been gone for 140 years. They had forgotten their native language. So Ezra found the scriptures, read them in their original Hebrew, and the Levites translated that to their new language, and the people reheard the message from God, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, and they listened and obeyed. The final group returned under the prophet Nehemiah and rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem. So they spent 140 years in exile. They have now reassembled as a single united nation. They have rebuilt the temple They have rebuilt the walls around Jerusalem. God's Word, the Torah, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible have been read, heard, and restored. Amen. The stage has now been set. God is going to speak through the Old Testament prophet Malachi and then He's going to go quiet and silent for 400 years. Now before we look at the final words that Malachi gave them in order to span that 400 years, I want to share with you an actual news story that you may remember not too long ago. There was a woman from China that had something going on with a lot of ear pain and she just kept picking at it and picking at it and picking at it and the pain wouldn't go away and it just wouldn't leave and it just it just just hung in there and and wouldn't go away and till finally that's the prophet Malachi uh, Malachi by the way so she, so finally she went to the doctor and the doctor put looked into his ear licked into that ear that was bugging her and this is what he saw What is that? She had a spider in her ear. You see his four little eyes? That's what was in her ear that was driving her nuts. Driving her nuts. Now the doctor removed it and she, she got well. But here's, here's my point in, in telling this story. What Malachi did 400 years before Christ was to put a bug in the ear of the people. It was not going to be comfortable. It was designed to keep them on track and to prepare themselves for the coming of the Messiah. And as I read these different scriptures, and we're going to talk about who they were intended for, let's see if maybe they still apply to us today for those of us that are waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ and see if maybe they still need to be a little bit of a bug in our ear. 
The first piece of scripture that I read, Malachi was speaking to the priesthood, to those who led the church. And he says, a son, God says, a son honors his father and servants their master. If then I am a father, where is the honor due me? And if I am a master, where is the respect due me? And if I, it says the Lord of hosts, to you, O priest, who despise my name. We have pastors, priests, preachers today that have drifted so far away that they're actually despising the name of God. But now he's going to talk, now Malachi, so he, so he lays a pretty tough one on the priesthood and basically says, you better stay in line over the next 400 years. Now he's going to talk to a different group. Now he's going to talk to the people who complain. And he's going to give them three scriptures. They get bonus. The people who are always going around complaining about God, why does God do this? Why, nah, 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 nah. Let's, let's look at the first scripture. You have wearied the Lord with your words. Yet you say, how have we wearied Him? By saying, all who do evil are good in the sight of the Lord and He delights in them. Or by asking, where is the God of justice? How many people do you hear say, well, if your God exists, how come that happened? Right? Then he's going to go on and he's going to talk to the... This is another scripture for those who complain. Will anyone rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me. The whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. Christ says where your treasure is, there your heart will follow. Put your treasure in God. And He's waiting to bless you. Now He's got a third one for those who complain. You have spoken harsh words against Me, says the Lord. Yet you say, how have we spoken against you? You have said, it is vain to serve God. Why do I need to do that? What do we profit by keeping His command or going about as mourners before the Lord of hosts? After all, it's all about me. And it's a lot more fun for me just to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it with whoever I want to do. So what does this, what's the big deal for me to follow your commands of holiness and righteousness? Now, we count the arrogant as happy. Boy, those folks in Hollywood, all that money, and they've got such big heads, they just got to be happy. Those are the folks that are happy. If I just had that yacht, if I just had that second house, oh, I'd be happy. Evildoers not only prosper, but when they put God to the test, they escape. Hey, they're getting away with it. Doing pretty good. 
so what's this about you, God, doing anything about this? All right. Now Malachi, the little bug that he's going to put in the ear, he's now going to talk to the faithful. Only one message. Then those who revered the Lord spoke with one another. They came together as the body. The Lord took note and listened, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who revered the Lord and thought on his name. Thought on his name, believed in him. The book of life. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. My special possession on the day when I act. And I will spare them as parents spare their children who serve them. Then once more you shall see the difference between the righteous and the wicked. You may complain about me right now, but the time of judgment is coming. Between one who serves God and the one who does not serve Him. And then finally Malachi gives the prophecy of the coming Messiah. See the day is coming burning like an oven. right? And I want you to imagine a, a clay or brick oven that's just getting... That's just getting heated hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. And it's in fact almost starting to, to, to glow red. It's just about ready to burst. When all the arrogant, all the evildoers will be stubble. We're a farming community. We know what stubble is. The day that comes shall Burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. Not just the top. Clear down to the root. All right. That day is coming, my friends. And then he goes on to set the prophecy that the prophet Elijah, remember we talked about Elijah way back when, the only guy in the Old Testament not to die. Right? He was taken up in a chariot to heaven. And, Mal and now Malachi says, before the Messiah comes, oh, excuse me, let me finish this. But for you who rever revere my name, the Son, I love this one. Put an O in there. For you who revere my name, the Son of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. We already heard a healing story this morning. Now Malachi goes on and says, Lo, I will send you the prophet Elijah. Elijah has to come first. So the return of Elijah will come in 400 years in the form of John the Baptist. And God is not on, God's not going to speak through a prophet anymore. You understand how important Christianity is. It is the only religion where God Himself comes down here to have us get it. Because in 400 years we are going to see the fulfillment of the promise to the tribe of Judah as the Lion 
of the tribe of Judah will roar as God himself comes down to this earth. We've been through all of that. God's been correcting, keeping it online. Right? Malachi's now put a bug in the, in the folks' ears. Told them to stay true. He set the stage for the coming of Elijah and the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham. These are incredible ancient words. Amen? In fact, I was talking to a young man who's a non-believer probably a couple of weeks ago. And he looked at me, he goes, I don't need ancient, a bunch of ancient words to tell me how to live. And I says, you're right. You don't need ancient words to tell you how to live. You need those ancient words to know how to live forever. You need those ancient words to know how to be saved. I'm going to invite our singers to come forward right quick. And as they get settled in, I really want you to reflect over the ancient words that you have heard since September. All right? About five, six, seven months. All right? And I really want you to reflect over these. And as they sing this beautiful song called Ancient Words... I want you to reflect over the last months. Where did these ancient words pique your interest? What was your favorite part of it? Was it Ruth? Was it out of coming out of Egypt, slavery? What was it? I also want you to reflect on where did you agree with the ancient words? Where did they lift you up? Where did you say, oh, yes, that filled me up? And I also want you to reflect on where did you struggle with hearing these ancient words? The Bible changes us, transforms us. We don't try to fix the Bible to make it say what we want it to say. And the Bible challenges us all the time. Where did you struggle with those ancient words? And as you think about what piqued your interest, what did you agree with, what did you struggle with, how are you going to let these ancient words transform you. So let's hear this wonderful song called Ancient Words as you reflect over the last several months.
Because you see, my friends, this much of the Bible was focused on 2,000 years. 2,000 years. Pretty good chunk. This much of the Bible was focused on three years. Where's God's emphasis? The next three years that we're going to go over starting next week. Join me in prayer. Dear glorious and gracious Father, we give you thanks for the ancient words that piqued our interest. Stories maybe we've heard a hundred times, or maybe they were brand new. 
stories about how you have moved to keep your plan on track despite humanity's and Satan's best effort to derail it. A message of hope, a message of love, an iron-clad promise that God, through belief and repentance in Jesus Christ, will save. He spent thousands of years putting that all together so that we would get it. Father, I pray the words have lifted up, piqued interest. I pray some of the words many agreed with, and I pray the words challenged and shook us as well. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray and pray for the Holy Spirit to reshape each and every one of us into the image of Christ. It is in his name that I pray. Amen. I'd invite our hosts to come forward for the offering. And as we do the offering, I would encourage you, my friends, to continue to let those ancient words shape you. To continue to reflect on on what you liked, what you didn't like, and to get back to reading those words over and over and over again because God just continues to reveal more and more. The Bible is not a one-and-done read. God reveals what you need to go read the first time, and all of a sudden He reveals something else, and He just keeps right on going. So as you come forward to, sh- to offer to this God that has kept things on track since the fall to you today. Do you understand that? Since the fall of Adam and Eve, God has had you in mind and it has led you to where you're at right here, right now. So as you come forward, think about, is there a way you can offer your time to God? Is there a way for you to offer your talent to God? Is there a way for you to offer your resources to God? And then is there a way for you to share what God has done for you? Let us continue our worship through the giving of our tithes and offerings.
Father, I give you thanks for all of the wonderful saints you have brought to our church. And Father, I give you thanks for all of those that have yet to come. May all that was offered here, time, talent, resources, and witness, go forth and multiply this church and multiply the change that is needed in our society. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. My friends, let's sing out our our closing hymn as we... Uh, remember what it's going to be like when that echo comes back and Christ says, I'm here. My Lord, what a morning. My friends, as we approach Easter, let's get ready to hear the good news, the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham, the coming of the Lion of Judah. Invite folks to come and hear this message. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.
Thank you, sir. Hello. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's even better. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? 